From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Monday, June 27th. Last week, federal agencies and five tribes signed a historic co-management agreement for Bears Ears National Monument. Justin Higginbottom speaks to an expert about what it will look like on the ground and its potential as a model for other tribal stakeholders in the country. Tribal representatives in this corner of Utah have pushed for the co-management of their ancestral land since the end of the Obama administration. Patrick Gonzalez-Rogers of the Bears Ears Intertribal Coalition says they had models, like the Columbia River Intertribal Fish Commission in Oregon. The four tribes that are off the Columbia River are really an effective kind of both steward and conservator, as well as go to the general kind of health and maintenance of the Columbia tributary. Gonzales Rogers says that commission now employs over 100 staff members with a budget of over $25 million. The group is a major player in salmon restoration in the Northwest. And the Bears Ears Commission could have a similar impact in our region. We are distinct because this is the first time a national monument has come under a, a, a coal management kind of dynamic. The commission could also serve as a model to others. I do think that it does provide a contemporary example. And then to a lesser extent, I think it is portable for many BIPOC organizations that operate in the conservation space as also a model. It's unclear how day-to-day management of Bears Ears will change with more Native American input. The five tribes involved have been working on a land management plan for the last four years. Gonzales Rogers says it's just about finished. Ours is much more an imprimatur or manifesto relative to cultural, traditional Native values. Now, it does touch upon specific topics, but it is really advancing what that means from a a Native sense on land management. And it really sets up what I think are cultural precepts and instructions towards the stewardship of land. That plan will be compared to the Bureau of Land Management and National Forest Service proposals. Gonzales Rogers says they won't be in competition, but more additive. Although the new management scheme will still have challenges. I think the, you know, the obvious thing that's in the room now is, are we going to go back to this kind of volleying back and forth with the Utah state delegation as well as their federal delegation. Utah Attorney General Sean Reyes is expected to sue the Biden administration over the area's status as a national monument. And a new administration could always rescind the monument's protections. Everyone wants a particular stability and consistency relative to the monument. Gonzales Rogers says that there's room for dialogue between groups in the region and a lot of middle ground can be found in Bears Ears. Justin Higginbottom for KZMU News. Federal officials have kicked off a new round of negotiations for long-term management of the Colorado River. Luke Runyon with our partners at KUNC has more. The Bureau of Reclamation says it's time to start thinking of how the Colorado River should be managed beyond the year 2026. That's when the river's existing management guidelines expire. The notice goes out to water leaders across the seven western states that draw on it for drinking water for more than 40 million people. 
And it comes soon after the federal government called for an unprecedented amount of water conservation by the end of summer. They say that's the only way to keep its two largest reservoirs, Lakes Mead and Powell, from dropping to critically low levels. The notice means state officials will have to manage a short-term water crisis while starting to think about long-term solutions. I'm Luke Runyon. Hours after the U.S. Supreme Court overturned the landmark decision that protected the right to access safe and legal abortion services, people took to the streets to register their dissent. In Denver, the gutting of Roe v. Wade occurred as the League of Women Voters held their annual conference downtown. The League is a nonpartisan grassroots organization that works to protect and expand voting rights. League of Women Voters members joined hundreds of others for a spontaneous demonstration. Verity Matthews, with our partners at KGNU, was there and brings us this report. I am here with a bunch of different representatives from the League of Women Voters Colorado, as well as nationally. First, we'd like to speak with Dr. Deborah Turner. Dr. Deborah Turner, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for joining us. Can you please tell me um, what today is for you? Today is a reckoning. We have to understand that women's rights and American rights are under attack. This is just a stepping stone to the loss of many civil rights if we don't do what we need to do. We at the League believe, believe truly, truly in a woman's right to choose. But more important, we believe that every citizen should have to make right to choose the way they want to live, who they want to live with, how they want to live, and the autonomy to their own body. I'm a physician. I understand the importance of, of your own personal autonomy. I am also a abortion provider. I am associate medical director for one of the Planned Parenthood affiliates. I have sat with the women who have come to us. I've held their hands, I've shared their tears, and I understand how they make these decisions very, very seriously. We are going to fight this because there is no way that we are going to become second-class citizens and turn into a country that has no democracy and no right to freedom. This is about freedom. This is about America. This is not a partisan issue. This is an American issue, and we are going to fight. Thank you. Dr. Turner, thank you so much for joining us. So my name is Sharon Davis, and I'm the Colorado League's vice president, incoming vice president. Um, and I'm an abortion activist and have been so. Um, I moved to Colorado from Ireland. And um, in Ireland, we worked with an all grassroots campaign uh, to change the Constitution. So today is a rough day, um, but there is power in coalition. There is power in saying the word abortion. There is power in seeing everybody's strengths that, bring, that come to the table and using those to change this incredibly unjust decision. My name is Virginia K. Salaman. I'm the CEO of the League of Women Voters of the United States. Today, women feel like they've taken a step back. We have gone back 50 years in history. So many women have grown up in a world where abortion access was just the rule of law for them. They know nothing different. But what we want to tell women today is that the fight is not over. It is just 
beginning. There are plenty of organizations throughout the country, including the League of Women Voters, where they can get support. There is an organization called Plan C that will help to mail abortion pills to women around the country. Planned Parenthood, NARAL, and many other organizations, including the National Women's Law Center, are also fighting to protect women's reproductive rights and access. The other thing that we want to remind people of is that the filibuster, the Jim Crow filibuster, which has prevented civil rights legislation in this country, has also an impediment to, to enforcing and having good legislation at the federal level to protect a woman's, women's health care and a woman's right to abortion. And so we're asking everybody not only to fight for the, for the, filib to end the filibuster, but also to contact their legislators and other legislators around the country to make their voices heard and the demand, demand that Congress put law, federal laws in place to protect a woman's right to choose. That's Verity Matthews at KGNU reporting from downtown Denver on Friday night, where a spontaneous demonstration took place after the U.S. Supreme Court overturned the right to access safe and legal abortion services. And that's the KZMU News for Monday, June 27th. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. <laughs>